0: You're listening to finn Too Deep. To a back-to-throw, blitz, and get to him, oh, he takes off running, and he's in, in, touchdown Miami!
1: With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft,
0: the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins in the NFL Draft, here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive fin too deep. I'm your host, Reason, joined by my other co-host, Neil Driscoll. Neil, seven in a row from one and seven to number seven, and Dolphin fans pinch me. I think I'm in heaven. The Dolphins officially control their own destiny. They are currently in a playoff spot. I mean, you go back to even after Halloween, who would have thought we'd be sitting in this position? What a turnaround. Um Neil coming off beating the Saints, even though they were a little... COVID-stricken were the Saints. You know, a win is a win. No one felt bad for us when we were missing Jalen Waddle and Javon Holland due to COVID. Um, how are you feeling, bud? Excited or what? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, hey, that turnaround,
1: I mean, that's something, you know, we all looked at the schedule a few weeks back and said, look, you can get back to 500. And it's one of those things that's a lot easier said than done because it's the NFL NFL it's a lot of parody. You mentioned, uh, you know, that COVID has struck in NFL teams differently. You know, I, I I do understand that we were able to take advantage against the Saints. But, you know, just a week before that, um, you know, we had, like you said, no Javon Holland, no Jalen Waddle. And if you watch Monday night's football game against the Saints, I mean, if my takeaway is that the only guy that I was talking about, you know, coming out of that was Jalen Waddle, just how great and how impressive he was, how much better he is than, than what I even anticipated. And what I mean by that is, you know, we knew he was a big speed downfield receiver, right, that could burn through defenses, right? But we didn't know that he was going to be able to be so impactful in the intermediate passing game, so nuanced as a route runner, creating separation like an ease. I mean, he's, he's being asked to do something that really doesn't exhibit all of his strengths, but he's performing it at a, I mean, you know, for a rookie, we're talking a borderline elite, Level. I mean, 10 catches is a rookie, your first game of Monday night. The only other player that's ever done that is Jerry Rice. That's, that's decent company, right? Like I, I just think Jalen Waddle, man, like this is the guy, this is the story to me of the Dolphins season uh, as doom and gloom as it was at one and seven, this draft class. And we've talked about them for weeks and all three of them, you know, continue. I mean, Javon Holland making, you know, he's making plays all over the place. You know, maybe he didn't get a sack last week, but Jalen Phillips is continually putting pressure 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 i mean it's just this draft class is something that's going to be really fun and i think it's going to it change the miami dolphins fortunes fortunes for the immediate future and beyond
0: yeah um and what's crazy is to his game has elevated thanks to jalen wall and jalen waddle's Ella game his game this year has elevated i mean again you look at when he was with Brissett, he was averaging just over he was averaging about 42 and a half yards with Tua, he's averaging over 75 yards a game, right? I think it's up over 80 now. So um, you look at the, the Saints game. Um, like I said, you know, yes, um, their offense was decimated, seen by Ian Book starting for them, and our defense took full advantage. But defensively, I know they missed Malcolm Jenkins, but he's a better run stopper than he is a coverage guy. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is someone they like to use in coverage better at the safety position and more often. And then you know, I know they were hurt at the second level with Demario Davis and Quan Alexander being out in Ellis, too, but they still have one of the most formidable front fours in all of football and one of the best edge duos in Davenport and Cameron Jordan. And they were, you know, play, they were absolutely wreaking havoc on our offensive line. Tua finished the game 19 to 26, 198 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Crazy enough played a better game than Tom Brady did in his last outing against the saints Ian book, um, 12 of 20, 135 yards, two interceptions. The dolphins run game was back to its usual self. 30 carries, 86 yards, 2.9 yards per rush. Um, just hovering around. That's basically right around what they average per game, which is 30th in the NFL. I believe right now, um, Camara, the Dolphins even did a great job. 13 carries, 52 yards, shut him right down. Really Jalen Waddle, like you mentioned, he had 10 receptions. So he's five away from tying Anquan Bolden's record of 101 and six away from breaking it, which will more than likely happen this weekend. And the great thing about it happening is due to him missing COVID, due to him missing the Jets game with COVID, Jalen Waddle is going to do it in the same amount of games that Anquan Bolden played.
1: Yeah, I'm no. glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because I think that's really important to emphasize here because, you know, I, I think I saw somebody on Twitter and it was someone well-respected, blue check marks, saying, well, we got to put this in perspective. He's got an extra game to do so. Well, no, he doesn't because he was out of game because of COVID. Yeah. What Jalen Waddle is doing is nothing short of, you know, miraculous. I mean, it really is. And, you know, he's also doing this where he had to deal with Jacoby Brissett for four games as a starter. So but, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, when Anquan Bolden did it, wasn't his quarterback Hall of Famer Kurt Warner? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that you know what Jalen Waddle's doing is pretty damn impressive.
0: Yeah. Um, and for hey, he wasn't a Hall of Famer at the time, but he was a former league MVP at the time as well, too, right? So correct. The Dolphins again won the possession game. Um, they got it done. You know, I gave two a C plus. I originally gave him a C after uh the game, and then after I watched L22. I bumped him up. Um, you know, he had a few misses, but he had some really good plays, including that absolute dime to Mac Hollins. And what I liked about that play is, I don't know if you noticed, Neil, but earlier in that game, they ran that same play, but they ran it to the left side instead. And he had Hollins, and he made a different read. He made the play, but he made a different read. And it, it's a perfect example of the, clearly they brought the Microsoft Surface over to him on the sideline. They said, hey, we might go back to this look, you know, Later in the game, and it was there. And good defensive coordinators, which is what Dennis Allen is, when they get away with one, usually they take that look away for the rest of the game, so you never see it. But they went back to the look, they had it again. Tua made the throw this time to Hollins. Beautiful die, man. I think we all got out of our seats for that one. You know, Beautiful. even when Tua, I'm gonna tell you this, I think the Jets game is arguably his worst game ever a, as a professional mean um, I thought he was above average against the Saints. Um, but even when he's, like, not very good or he's above average, like these two past games, you're still getting three, four, five wow throws a game. Like, brother, when he stepped up, first of all, his footwork was disgustingly on display against the Saints. Like, his maneuverability in the pocket is a thing to behold. But that Durham Smythe throw, where he stepped up, Two hands on the ball, move shifted through the pocket, and then had Cameron Jordan right in his face and threw that dart to Derm Smythe. Like, what a throw that was! I mean, you just look at it like, and, and he had a couple other throws that really made you stop and go, Wow, this kid's got it. And like, those are the traits of a guy showing franchise quarterback flashes. I'll never, I'm not gonna say he's fully shown us, he's a franchise quarterback right now because i'd be lying but what i'm saying is he's flashing like a franchise quarterback at times for sure um i mean you don't even have to look farther than the fourth quarter um and so you know you'd even look at the you look at him right now he talks about the the interception right He was trying to go back shoulder to mac hollins but if you listen to post game he basically said i could have taken the easier throw to waddle on that dig but he wanted the hollins throw now, I know Lewis Riddick said, you know, sometimes it looks like Tui gets bored and he pushes the ball downfield. Because if you look at that play, he moved up in the pocket really nicely. Mechanics were really good, and he let that thing fly. It was just throwing to the back shoulder when Mac broke in. So it was a miscommunication. They weren't on the same page. But, you know, I know it was a bad read. It was a bad throw. He should have done it. But what he, his words kind of showed you that he's got the confidence right now to make that throw over the middle. Now, it didn't work out in his favor, but that's telling you I've got the confidence where I saw the underneath route to Waddle, but I wanted that shot. and he. he but he's got to learn when to pull the trigger And because here's the reason why I think some people are still on the Watson thing. This is what it all comes down to. People are seeing the flashes. People are seeing the throws. People are seeing the fourth quarter drives. People are seeing the game-winning drives. They're seeing it all. The thing that he hasn't put together yet for everyone is consistency. People want to see him, like, you you look at what we did against the Saints. We only ran the RPO about four, five, six times. We didn't run a predominantly, and that's because they run a heavy press man like we do, and they will take away RPO. But you saw him constantly. You know, there were multiple times where he was – going through his progressions and reading multiple levels. But then there are other times where he was predetermining pre-snap where he was going to go with the football. And because of that, he was missing on shots where if he would have went through his reads of progressions, he would have seen the shot. So people just want to see that consistently reading the field at three different levels. And once that comes together and the game fully slows down, you know, I don't think, you know, if it doesn't happen by then, I don't think the Watson talk will be around, but I don't think there's enough games for that kind of leap to happen. Like, I think that's the third year leap you'll see, whether he's here or in other colors.
1: Yeah, you know, I think to your point about him navigating the pocket, it, was, it, re- it reminded me of me walking down the hallway when my my son has all of his Hot Wheels out, tiptoeing around there trying to get through. I mean, he, he, his footwork was on display. I actually think that Tua was visibly frustrated with himself after the game, um, and when he was doing the post game interviews, and Waddle was jumping on his back, and Raquan Davis was bumping into him. You know, he wasn't his happy, jovial self. I think he was frustrated with a couple of the throws he missed, a couple of the reads he missed. But the thing about Tua is, he's got just a little bit different of a fabric. You know, my my frustration with him right now is that I want more touchdowns. I, I know that the offense, the league is, you know, designed for points, um, and you know, you need to win, and it's hard for those two thousand Ravens and eighty five Bears defenses to surface in a roll with flags and all that. But the, I'll say this: the counterpoint to that is. Tua has a special ability to respond to adversity. When he does make a bad throw, he shakes it off, and in the fourth quarter, he's complete nails and he's clutch. Uh, he doesn't let the stage get too big for him. I know we always talk about that it factor. He does have it when the game's on the line. He plays his best football when his back's against the wall for some reason. And you know, I, I would just like to see him be able to maintain that level of play. Throughout the course of a game, and everyone's going to have a bad game eventually and a stinker here and there, and it's going to happen. It's the NFL, right? But, you know, I, you know, you got to take the good and the bad. And, you know, as frustrating as it can be for me sometimes where, you know, we have a good drive and then, you know, our offensive line gets us in a holding call and then Tua's trying to do too much to compensate for, you know, another 10 yards and penalties – you know, I do have to appreciate that, you know, he makes a horrendous pick the last couple weeks, and then the next thing he does is take us down and score. But, you know, I'll, I'll ask you a question, Reese, because, you know, you I think we both agree that Waddle's playing amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is wrong with this offense? And I know the line's bad. Um, I don't like the musical chairs at running back. I think you got to find the guy and ride him. But, like, even, like, a Devontae Parker, like, zero catches, one target this week. Mike is sicky. I like,
0: didn't you I, notice I they weren't separating very well? Didn't you see that? Like yeah. the, the, the lack of, especially see, this is why I, I made this to say, you know, people always ask me, after to do my live reaction or inside the NFL or whatever. Oh, what's your grade? What's your grade? I've now made the decision. I'm no longer going to grade players until I watch the all 22, because when you watch it, you know, you saw it in the broadcast a little bit, but when when you see the all 20, it really puts things in perspective that, Again, we're back to other than Waddle, we're the same team. Think of it. Other than Waddle, we're the same freaking receiving core we were last year, and what does that tell you? What was their main problem last year? They couldn't separate. Mike Gusecki, he's not a blazer. He needs to depend on solid, savvy, nuanced route running to separate. He rounds everything out. He's not a very good route runner. You look at Devontae Parker. um, Yeah, he's a good route runner, but... I don't know if you noticed, but he was working out with the trainers before the game. And if you watch the game, it looked like he was a decoy the majority of the game. Like yeah, they weren't even hurt. using that's, him, right? I thought right? that, I thought that he hurt
1: because even if he's even if he isn't ca- catching a separation, that's still his game. He's one of the Isaiah best.
0: Ford, bro. The guy's a four six seven forty. What are we yeah, expecting? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no, we we don't have. Here is the thing: is what's crazy is. Yes, Jalen Waddle's uber fast, but he's also a natural separator. Like I kept telling people coming out of Alabama, this guy is right there with Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy in terms of route running. And I think we can all agree after one year that I was pretty much right with that assessment, that the guy is a nuanced route runner. No, but when you, he's a natural separator through his route running, plus he's speedy, that's a rare combo. But we don't have anything else like that. I mean, for example, look at this. This weekend we're facing Ryan Tannehill, right? Sure. Look at who Tannehill had during his t- career. Mike Pouncey, Jake Long, Brandon Albert, Laramie Tunsil. But he also had on, James. Jarvis Landry, Mike Wallace. You know what I mean? And then obviously Lamar Miller, J.J. Kenyon Drake. But when you go to Jarvis Landry, Mike Wallace, look at Jarvis Landry, natural separator, great route runner, gets open, possession receiver. Mike Wallace – blazer gonna get open with his speed right the speed separator you know what i mean like they were even trying to give that to tan but other than us look at what they've done this is what i'm telling you this is my biggest fear with watson they, they look at they look at two and waddle they're gonna get watson they're gonna say oh, our our number five overall pick a younger kid than you did all this was just Jalen Waddle? you expect the same out of you, and you know the issue right now is okay. There's a couple things wrong. A, we're not separating. B, you're not running the football very well. Yeah, if you're not going to run the football and you're not going to separate, dude, that tells you that A, you're going to be passing a lot, and B, your interception your interception probability is going to go up because you're going to be throwing into a lot of tight windows just naturally because guys aren't separating. So you're putting your quarterback in a position where it's like, okay, you know, they know we're passing. Like, look at teams all year. What have they done? Neil send three or four, drop the rest back. Right. They know we're passing on top of that. They know, especially if we run man, you're not going to separate off of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, the guy who
1: I'd like he's to see—I'd like to see Lynn Bowden Jr. in this offense. I, I think that,
0: you know, I think they put yeah, him on the artist. I love Lynn Bowden, and I loved him out of Kentucky. But even he, like, not a burner. He's a great. He's a great, great hands. He didn't drop a single ball last year. But Lynn Bowden isn't going to move the needle, bro. Do you understand what I'm sitting here and saying? Like, we have one guy who moves the needle, and that's it. And that's a problem because you need another person receiving. You need someone to compliment him to move the needle so he can't – because here's the thing. If it doesn't come this week, it's coming in the final week. We already saw what happened thanks to COVID, but what happens when a coach or a defensive coordinator takes away Waddle? We have nothing. You can't even – like – What's happening to Gasicki since the Ravens game? Like is this guy on I, I, honestly, the side of a milk carton, that's bro. The biggest
1: conundrum to me. That is the biggest conundrum to me of the back half of the season. Is the Dolphins are rolling, and if if, if Monday night was the indictment of it, you watch how Emmanuel Agbo is probably one of the three or four best players on the field for the Dolphins. Mike Gasicki has done nothing. I mean, it, it, it's I, I, it's at a point for me with Mike Gasicki.
0: Get the comp pick.
1: I, I, you know, and, and it's bad. And I, I actually think it might be to franchise and trade them to a team like Jacksonville. I, I think that you might be able to even get them to pony the higher third round pick, or maybe even a second. I really do think that teams will be thinking like that. But like, I thought this guy was going to be part of our long term plans. And when we were struggling and we were one in seven, he was like the bright spot. I, I, don't know what has happened to his confidence. But like, he, he's not even getting targets as much. He just doesn't seem like he's a big part of this, and if if his snaps, his production—he got out
0: snapped for the second week in a row by Drum Smythe.
1: Yeah, I I think if it's any indictment or any indication
0: that I don't think he's in their plans. No, man. man. Haven't you noticed that even though this week we didn't run, we only averaged two point nine yards mm-hmm. per carry. By the way, the Miami Dolphins worse than the league. They averaged three point four yards per carry. Um. You know. They've kind of showed you the blueprint of what they want to be over the last two weeks in terms of when they're running the football. And look at Derm Smythe's usage. They use him either run blocking, but they'll also engage him and then leak him out. And look at them getting Durham Smythe in open space. They got him a couple of times. And what was so frustrating was watching them get Durham Smythe in open space. And then for those like 12, 13 yard gains, what was so frustrating to me was like Mike. If only you were willing and competent enough to block, they could be using you in those positions, and you could be getting your athleticism into that open space, but because you can't, they won't. Yeah, he I, and he would be able to pick up an extra five, six yards yep. in the flats. Yep. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, bro. I think if he was able to block, Mike Gusecki's usage in this freaking offense would be through the roof. Well, my three, I'm looking at my notes right now, and I say my three
1: biggest needs for the Dolphins first is obviously offensive line, and that's not just draft, that's free agency yeah. my number three is linebacker my number two is wide receiver yeah. I, I i think rebuilding this wide receiver core the right way with waddle being the focal point is, is important and you know i think we'd all love to go sign Devonte adams i don't think that's going to happen um you know you but know there's those- hope
0: sneaks into the second it falls into our lap well he won't now because we're not in the top 10 anymore who's that i'm hoping because of his injury he sneaks in there I think Drake London would be perfect for this offense. Yeah, anyway.
1: he's a big dude. Like, So there's four guys that I would take in the first round where we're going to pick it, and and I think they're all nuanced. They're good route runners, and it's Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Chris Alave from Ohio State, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, and I mean, I, I don't think this guy's going to be there at all, but Jamison Williams from Alabama. If any of those four horses find their way on, on the board when you're there, I, I I think you run to the podium and take the pick. Not I,
0: even I, You didn't even put Traylon Burks in there.
1: Yeah, no, I like Traylon Burks too. I I like him a lot too. I was actually thinking, but here's the the beauty of the draft, just to sidebar for a second is, you know, everyone was pissed because we didn't have a top 10 pick. I mean, honestly, like, see, who's the different guy from pick number seven to 21? I I don't think
0: Dotson goes in the first because of his size, bro. I I think he's such a New England
1: type guy, man. Like, I I hope they don't get him. I'm really worried. Like, I've seen
0: estimates because I know college, we don't know until they get to combine, but I've seen. People having him at five nine, yeah. I I don't know. I'll wait for all that. And stuff. my thing with Drake London is, this is the difference between Drake London and all those guys, and why we need Drake London. He's six three two fifteen.
1: Well, I mean, dude, he might he might be there. I mean, he's coming off an injury. I mean, like I wouldn't say that there's any chance that I'm I like, know oh.
0: someone who's good friends with um Slovis. Right. And yeah. and well, I'm sorry. He just transferred to Pitt. Yep. Yeah, sure. yeah. This this person actually um, played quarterback in college and basically uh, helped him come to the decision of transferring to Pitt because they're good buddies. And you should hear this thing Slovis says about Drake London, dude. Oh, no, uh, he's, a, he's a great player. The, I, and the thing is, that's what we need. We need to replace Park. We need opposite of Waddle. We need a big-bodied guy. We don't need another 5'10", 5'11", burner. That's my problem with with Wilson and and Olav is the size issue. Like, I don't need another 5'10", to six foot guy. I need a 6'2", 6'3", guy who can give me 4'4", speed but can go up and get the football. I need yeah. that opposite. So are you, are you I don't need a bunch Devante of Parker? small guys. Are you out on Devontae Parker after this yes, year? Yes, I am. Okay. I don't, I don't know if they will be because he's so cap friendly, but I personally am because I think he, you know, what is the guy's so inconsistent, dude, We're let's be honest with ourselves. We're never going to get, at least in Miami, maybe he goes somewhere else and does it. We're not going to get another thousand yard receiving season out of this guy. Let's stop lying to ourselves right now,
1: right? It's not our offense.
0: No, yeah, it's not. Well, another guy to keep
1: an eye on. We're just the last thing I'll say about the draft. You're looking at size and good size speed combo is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, small school guy. Yeah, he's, I think he's six three. I don't know his forty off the top of my head, but I know he's he's a quick runner. And then there's a dude, David Bell for well, Purdue. Uh, Purdue. Love him, right? Like he's another guy. Like there's good. I, 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 have, I David Bell's in my top fifty players. Yeah, I, I think that like, and, and then man, I don't know if I, I was. I've been battling COVID all week. I had 102. Can I feet tell you or- this
0: though? I want to say this to you before I, I forget about this because I love David Bell. 6'2, 205, 210. He's a good player. My 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 thing is, listen, if you go get two offensive linemen. Yep. And it, and if you yep. go get, you know, uh, personally, I'd be getting two tackles and a center, and I'd be kicking Dieter to left guard and hunt to right, keep him at right guard, and I'd be Replace that. Playing good football, yeah, buddy. He's really coming on, man. So if if you fix that offense, if you fix that offensive line in free agency, have to. You have to. And you and you add. You you add a mic or receiver as well. Think of the flexibility in the draft. You can take your running back in the twenties and no one's going to blink an eye. And then you can turn around. If you signed your mic, uh, sorry, if you signed your mic, then, then you can take your receiver in the second round. Or if you signed a receiver, you can take a mic in the first and then take your running back in the second or you can take your running back in the first and your mic in the second because I know a lot of Dolphin fans were just catching up to N'Kobe Dean yesterday. Oh, um, I was just, you're, I, I'm about to say something about Yeah, <laughs> everyone was just catching up to Nicobe Dean. The guy is a – I know we've heard they like Devin Lloyd. Yep. I take Nicobe Dean over Devin Lloyd. I'm sorry, I, I think he's better Devin than Rayquan Lloyd's Rayquan an Smith. outside linebacker too. I need Nicobe Dean in my middle, bro. You know what I mean? I think mean?
1: Dean's. I think Dean's better than
0: Raquan Smith.
1: Um, I, think, I think yeah, he's a beast. The way he missiles to the football man yeah. is awesome.
0: I he's mean, he's better than Zavin Collins coming out last year. Oh
1: yeah, he. he I mean, it's just like uh, and honestly, the one thing that I'll say that's nuts, man, because I do think getting like a, a Lloyd or or a Dean in the first round would be home runs. And the receivers we've talked about. I love Tyler Lindenbaum, and I love Ken Young Green, but I think, though, that you're right. Get the line with veterans. We don't need any more
0: young. We need No, we have the youth. Now we need the influx of veterans. Go look at the Chargers, right? All the youth and then the influxed veterans, right?
1: Yeah, well, you're going to tell me I'm crazy. One guy and I tweeted this last night that I would take even though it doesn't make any fucking sense and I don't even know how he fits on the field is Jordan Davis. I don't Love know. Love him out of Georgia. I, the way he
0: you know I said I'm... from the moment when we were having around the top 10 pick, I was saying around that time on my YouTube channel, listen, if that guy if we if that guy fell to us, that's a that guy screamed Flores guy and you put him next Buddy, you could flex Raekwon to an end, not just a nose tackle. Or when you do your four three, him and Raekwon on the interior. Holy jeez! I mean, I
1: mean then you have Wilkins in the most underrated oh. in
0: football Zach Siler. I
1: mean, like that's like that defensive front. And and like, look, you have other needs, but like, uh, good franchises draft great football players and then figure yeah. the rest out. Yeah, and and I like like that's what I was saying, kind of like. Like I don't think you need a top ten pick to get a top ten player in this draft. The way the board's going to fall. Like we know that the quarterbacks are going to push people down. Like, look, I like Aiden Hutchinson, Kevin Thibodeau, and Evan Neal. They're pipe dreams. They're going to go top five. Like honestly, I don't love any of the corners. I like some of them, but I like, like I wouldn't I want.
0: Sauce.
1: I would. Yeah, I like Sauce a lot. He's my favorite. Probably he actually might be my cornerback one actually. Um But I wouldn't want Derek Stingley in the top ten. Like Kyle Hamilton's a beast, but you know I don't think we'd be in a position to take him. So the way the season's unfolded for us, like there's going to be great talent on the board. Whether we're picking, I mean Jimmy G's out this week. Who the Niners have? Houston. Yeah, they're gonna win. Um, But like you know, I don't know. We'll we'll probably have a twenty-one pick there, and like there's going to be some really really good players. But you know one thing I wanted to say about the game. What makes a good defense great is. The players that you can hit on that aren't high price free agents and that aren't first round picks, and there's three yeah. players on this defense that just keep popping. You know, we've talked about Zach Siler, undrafted free agent, stole him off the practice squad from Baltimore. I mean, you know, you're looking at categories where his name is on a list with Jeffrey Sibbins and Aaron Donald. And for a guy that's only making three million dollars a year and you have him under control for two more years, that's freaking that's a home run, right? Yeah. You have Brandon Jones, five sacks, a pick, two fumble recoveries, a forced fumble, 66 tackles, third round pick in that 2020 draft. You know, and I'll say real quick as kind of a sidebar, the 2020 draft that we all, you know, I, me included, said suck because of Igbenogany and Austin Jackson. Well, you have Tua, you have Raquan Davis, you have Robert Hunt, and you have freaking Brandon Jones from it. So, I mean, if you imagine if they would have hit Christian Wurst and Jonathan Taylor, you're talking about maybe even a better draft class than they had in 2021. I mean, that's crazy and then you know a guy that started the season slow is andrew van genkel 2019 fifth round pick he's tied for the leading quarterback hits but those guys getting people that are undrafted or in the fifth round that play at that level of football is why this defense is so damn good right now i mean there's everybody out there's earning their paycheck you know like we've been critical of the linebackers Alandon roberts man like that dude is fearless. He comes in a hole and he doesn't give a shit who's there. Uh, you know, like if he's the weakest, he misses player,
0: big tackles. Though, it oh me. yeah. He
1: always does. And, and that's why, you know, I think we'd all love to have a Nekobe Dean. I couldn't even imagine getting a, a, our defense would be so legit. If we found a, like, I think that Daniel Jeremiah said this yesterday, freaking Jonathan Vilma 2.0. What a great comp for Nekobe Dean. You put that guy in the middle of this defense. I, I don't see a hole on this defense anymore. And um, you know, cause Look, I know he got beat for a 52-yard catch at the end of the game, but Byron Jones has been freaking really good this year. Mm-hmm. And Xavier Howard is the best corner in football. I mean, Javon Holland, I mean, like, we could talk and gush about it, but, like, this defense is earning its stripes. Um, mm-hmm. If they would have played this level all season, we'd be talking about a one or two seed right now, and I'm not trying to exaggerate. Um, So I think that the future is really, really bright. Um you know, and that leads us to a good conversation, right? What was the talk of the of the town this week?
0: Are they um, pretenders or contenders? And my take has always been, my take this week was, you know, call us a contender, call us a pretender, call us whatever we want. I think right now we are the because of momentum, because of confidence, and the level our defense is playing at. I think right now we're the biggest threat in the AFC, and we're the team that people don't want to see.
1: Yeah, and and here's why I say we're we're contenders. And it's not because I, I think we have a lot of flaws. I think our special teams sucks, even though Michael Pilardi started to get really good all of a sudden. Um, Sanders was, yeah. is a disaster, though. Mace Sanders is a disaster. And, and don't know, you
0: like how he hits, like, you know, I gave him crap for not hitting uh, the field goal on Twitter. And people are like, oh, yeah, it's really easy to hit a 59. I'm like, bro, the guy hit it right when they iced him. Right. So he showed me he can do it. So let's not he's even start this. And, and And he's been missing key field goals between 30 to 40 yards all season. So this ain't something new. Right. It, 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 and look, I want the offense to
1: score more points. We have no running game. We're pretty, we, we lack weapons. We we know all the critics. Is Duke going to be a one-year, one-game wonder, you think? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think he's a good, I think he's a good roster guy. But like, again, I think we have a bunch of Arn Andersons and we need a Ric Flair. And, and that's yeah. kind of what I've always said. And, you know, I, I think, but here's why I don't think we're pretenders. I'm looking at the AFC playoffs. The Chiefs are a better football team than us. Cool. The Titans, honestly. Hey, like, I don't
0: think they're better than us.
1: If we're at full strength, they're at full strength. I mean, at the end of the day, they don't scare me. Um, Derrick you
0: know, Henry, Henry does. But... With Derrick
1: Henry, yeah. I mean, but the way it lies now, the Bengals, like Joe Burrow, just beat up the the Ravens uh, 500 yards. They have a great receiving core, but that's the we could, you know, I think we could move the ball in their defense. Uh, Buffalo, they've kicked our ass. But the Colts, Patriots. I mean, Chargers, Raiders, Ravens. I think we could have beat the Colts.
0: If if we would have had two, I think we could have beat the Colts. I just think
1: there's a lot of teams that have just as many deficiencies as us. So, you know, maybe we're not the most complete, and I still think we're a year away from being what we really want to be. But, you know, like when you look at the landscape of the AFC right now, who scares you? I I, I don't know. I I think that they can win, um, you know, with this defense. I I think the offense has to do a lot more, uh, a lot more. And, you know – this is the perfect week for them to do it, man. I mean, this is – you got this point, and it's been amazing. And, you know, it's not doom and gloom if you, you know, lose one of the next crazy. Team.
0: Neil, now I know they've been in playoff mode because you can't lose, you know, or we've basically been out. Of, we would be, we been yeah, basically out. out, you know what I mean, over these last seven games. So the last seven games have kind of been playoff mode. But now against Tennessee this weekend, it's a legit playoff game in the sense of, it's this number seven against the number two seed at number two's home. If the playoffs started this week, this would be the matchup in our first round for us. And not only do we got to keep winning to stay in, if they win this weekend, they clinch the division, their division. So there's both teams are legitimately playing for something. So this is a legitimate playoff game this weekend. I mean, that's why I'm nervous. It's because I know what's riding on this in the sense of I'm going to if, if we win this game, Neil. I truly believe that if we win this game, we are going to win out. Because if they win this game, they've shown me they can go on the road and win a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I was looking. I was actually looking at the AFC play the playoff thing, and you're right. I think they're going to have to win both games. Like I like I know there's there's scenarios that if they lose, but like we did this last year, right? And what happened? the bet the scenario is never play in your favor, right? You have to go last the,
0: year. They were never actually in a playoff spot.
1: Right. I, I think that the new England game is very winnable at the fact, the fact that it's at home and the fact that, you know, this is team, the game this weekend. This is insane, the game, bro. This is the game. And, and I'm nervous about it too. And I'm nervous about it for a couple factors. First of all, it's going to be on the road. It's going to yeah. be really, really cold. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't know what this Dolphin team looks like in the cold. They didn't look really good against Buffalo last year. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I hope that that doesn't, you know, hurt the offense and, you know, I don't think it impacts our defense. You're going to have to run the
0: football. Usually cold weather games, it's smash mouth. You got to run the football.
1: Yeah. And, and as bad as, as bad as our running situation is, the, the Tennessee Titans running situation right now is not much better. I, I like, I'm not trying to be mean. Like I wouldn't take Deontay Foreman over Philip Lindsay. You know what I mean? I wouldn't take Jeremy McKnight. But, like,
0: you know, they're still finding ways to get it done. They're still number four in the NFL in rushing offense. I mean, you look at the Steelers game, they rushed for over 200 yards against the Steelers.
1: Right. And that's that's because they have, you know, their lines, you know, with Roger Saffold, Taylor Luan, they have Nate Davis, Ben Jones. Yeah. But
0: their line, you say that, yeah, in the run, but they've also allowed, you know, Tannehill's been sacked 45 times. And what's funny is the Dolphins are number one in the NFL, Funny enough, we've never finished the season leading the NFL in sacks. But right now we're number one with forty-five sacks. So our defense has put up as many sacks as Tannehill's been sacked. So
1: Yeah, I think our defense is gonna have to win this game. I, I I do. I think it's gonna be another ugly game for the offense. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Um you know, I, I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be an ugly dogfight, playoff style football. I look, Ryan Tannehill doesn't scare me. I like, I know that there's the revenge factor, and that's cool, and that makes headlines.
0: You think he turns the ball over because I, it's think, he I think he only, I think
1: does and I think if if our strength is pressuring him, and Xavier Howard even said this that Tannehill's downfall has been handling pressure. I think that this is the game, and I think X should line up wherever AJ Brown goes, and I think that should be the matchup for the day. AJ Brown's going to get his, but if X can contain him and, you know, there, there's some big names.
0: You know box. what I said, Neil, even if AJ gets 120 yards, where's the rest of the yards coming from? Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what know. I mean? Like who's, who's, who's really going to put up the yards against us? Let's let's be honest with ourselves right now. Like we well, have a, we can make Hester? them one dimensional with Tannehill. And we know, I mean, you know, Titan fans, no one knows Ryan Tannehill better than dolphin fans. Okay. And we know what we used to do to him in practice and how our scout team used to pick him off so much. He used to go crying to the coaching staff.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And look, Ryan Tannehill is my favorite player. Probably that's not a Miami Dolphin because of his seven years service and how great he was to me through the draft process when we drafted him. But, I, it, there's a reason that he left town. And I, I always think when people think the Dolphins, the, the notion that they were premature to give up on when they did, I, I think this that's just all He on. had seven years and he won zero playoff games. And the best mm-hmm. year that he had, look, unfortunately, the injury bug bite him. He went down. I mean, like, look, when he came back to the silence with tears in his eyes and Mike Pouncey was there and like, they were, you know, like, trust me, man. I felt like my dog just got hit by a car. It freaking gut-punched so, me. Yeah. You know, it was tough. And and I knew when Matt Moore was starting quarterback that we weren't going to beat the Steelers. Nah, yeah. But, you know, but at the end of the day, like, we gave Tannehill, we made him a rich man. We gave him a foundation for teams. And we sent him to a good spot, right? Like,
0: yeah.
1: that's something that can't get – we could have sent him to Washington, right? Like, they were knocking on the door for him. We sent him with Derrick Henry. Brian Tannehill just not the same quarterback with Derrick Henry, not on the field. Exactly. He's turned the ball over a lot. He eats a lot of sacks and our defense. Just you know. like
0: he looked like a different quarterback in Miami when he had J.J. in the unicorn line.
1: Right. And, and, and the thing that's going to be interesting is like there's a lot of unknown about this game. The COVID list, you know, and we right now have Brandon Jones on it. And Brandon Jones is a Adam game. Butler,
0: I believe, too. Right.
1: And Adam Butler and Adam Butler, like look on the back half of this year, man, he's he played, played
0: good football. Well. Yeah.
1: He has. And so for them, I mean they have Julio Jones, and I know he's nowhere near what he used to be, but like this is the kind of game that scares me where a guy like Julio Jones kind of comes up like the Undertaker back from the dead mm-hmm. and catches a bunch of balls on us. That that kind of scares me. But Danico Altry and and um um what's his name from Pittsburgh? Um but jail, the I mean, there's yeah. some big names in Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting because another thing is, you know, we were talking about how the teams play the cold. Like Ryan Tannehill never really played that great in the cold. Right. So, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, and like, they're not going to be
0: able to throw the ball eight times. With Ryan Tannehill and beat us.
1: But I think this, if you're Xavier Howard, if you're Jerome Baker, you're the guys that played on this team with Ryan Tannehill before you have just as much to gain here or more than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is going to go to the playoffs with the Titans this year. And that's what the third year in a row that he's taken them, which is great for him. He got a brand new six figure contract, you know, got a beautiful family. He's a great dude, like good for Ryan Tannehill. This Sunday, man, you're our enemy. You're on the other side of the football. And I want our defensive line to punish you. And, you know, it's hard. Like I got 1913 Dolphins. I have 2017 Dolphins. If the three players that I just mentioned, Julio Jones, Denico Altree, and Bud dupree don't play. If all three of them play, I'm going to go 2017 Titans, but I'm going to stick with 2017 Dolphins. I, I, I just think this team's got some swagger to them, and I don't think they're going to be ready to wave the flag yet. Now, what me predicting the Dolphins here goes against everything I truly believe because – I don't think they're good enough to win eight games in a row, but I didn't think they were good enough to win seven and they keep doing it. And I think that there's just something there right now. And in the back of my mind, I really think that Tubo was going to start playing better football for us. And if he can get back to that B plus level or the solid B level, the next two games are wins. If he struggles and turns the ball over and misses, you know, some short, easy throws, like, which is going to happen, you know, Our offensive line's probably in for a rough game tomorrow, right? Like there, I I I would hate to, you know, say that I I mean this is a good defensive front. Jeffrey Simmons is gonna if it's I hope it's more Robert Hunt, but like Michael Dieter, Austin Jackson, if they're Jeffrey Simmons. I mean they they gotta scheme this kind of like they did against the Saints a little bit, but I do think Ryan Tannehill, one thing we gotta watch, man, is that Ryan Tannehill can hurt us with his legs, right? And he's made some nice runs from the games I've cool. watched here. So we got to we got to make sure that I don't know if it's Devon Holland or if it's Jerome Baker, but when he tries to take those yards, like mm. don't let him slide, get him. And you know, and Tannehill's never been shy away of putting the ball on the ground, right? So the do- the defense is going to have to get two turnovers for us to win this game. I think they'll get a pick, and I think they can get a fumble. And, and the 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 difference maker that I want to see. You know, we talked about Jason Sanders. We talked about Michael Polarty. The most underwhelming thing I've seen all year for the Miami Dolphins, and Jalen Waddles included in this, is just how awful our return game's been. Like, our punt return, our kick return. Like- well, it was
0: looking better with Tommy Lee Lewis, but now he's out for the rest of the season. But it was clear as day Javon Holland was not trying yeah, just to fair return. Cap. And right. you look at the defense right now. Listen, we're coming off a team that was running predominantly press man so they could take away the RPO and the flats against us. The Tennessee Titans are predominantly zone defense. They can To negate a pass rush or anything like that, that means they can go back to that 2.2, 2.3 second, get the ball out scheme that we were running against the Giants and we were running against the Carolina Panthers. So it's easy for because it, it's zone it, it's going to be a lot easier to run that kind of crap against them and be honest Tua has a really high success rate against zone coverage so you know press man makes it harder for a, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL so
1: yeah the the corners in Tennessee are are our opportunity i mean it, it's it's um they have Christian Fulton uh, let me pull it up here they have Christian Fulton Trying to think of who their corners are. Buster Scrine's going to be out of this game, right? Like Caleb I, Farley's
0: I, still on IR too, right? Yeah,
1: he, he's he, I mean, he he kind of was he's been redshirting all season, right? Or I'm he was They're I don't
0: 26 know. in the NFL, they allow about 246 and a half yards per game.
1: Yeah, Janoris Jenkins. I mean, he's a vet, man, but he's beatable. I'm not man. worried.
0: We can, we can, we can. Yeah, I mean, don't coverage against that those guys. We can. It's just going to be about our lines going to have to hold up to give us an opportunity. That's all.
1: It's going to be a game of perseverance, man. We got to yeah. persevere and we got to win, and it's a big Let's game. Go and get eight, man. Yeah. Hey, look. You know, it's week. What we're at week seventeen, right? Week seventeen. The Dolphins are right. I mean, they're in at the season end yeah. today, and I think that's a really good spot. I mean, this is this is this team, they can win, and yeah. I think you know, hey, let's ring in the new year with a win. Uh, you know, going into that New England game, <laughs> I mean, that I, I could tell you this, man, if they win this game, that New England game is going to be flex, it's going to be on primetime, so it's going to be a ton of fun. And we'll worry about that bridge when we get to it, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm I excited just to see the boys out there tomorrow. I think it, it's a huge, huge game.
0: Um, It's the biggest game of the Brian Flores era. That's hands down. It really,
1: it really is. And you know, when we had these games with Ryan Tannehill as our quarterback, just kind of back, there was a game at the Jets winning your playoffs, and we lost. The quarterbacks have never risen. You know what I mean? And and that's what I think is going to be a little bit different. I I think two is going to play some really good football on Sunday, Um, and and I think that this guy, this Jalen Waddle guy, is going to have a big game and keep playing. And I, you know, I think when you look at the season and how it's progressed to this point, what's got us here, great defense, efficient offense, you know, it's a it, it, it little bit different than last year. Our, our special teams has been poor all year. I mean, if we can get Jason Sanders back to even half of what he was last year, I mean, it, it's going to be very important because I will say lady luck will go against us. Eventually if we're missing field goals, if we're, you know, not scoring, like we have to start getting some other things heading in the right direction because you know, when you gamble too hard, man, it always comes back to bite you. But, you know, hey, let's let's go get this
0: W. Yeah, man. All right, guys, we will see you back here next week when we preview the final game of the season against the Patriots. And hopefully it's even more meaningful than this game. And we are celebrating our eighth win in a row. Until next time, I hope everyone has a safe and happy new year. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday. And we'll see you right back here next week when we dive back in Fin Too Deep.